Hello, listener. This is David Kluzik of the Lazy Day Podcast. Today, there are going to be some moments where it feels like the podcast kind of jumps around, and that is because there have been either one part or other parts that have been taken out of the podcast because of vulgarity or other reasons. So it may jump from one moment to the next, but please enjoy either way. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Lazy Day Podcast. I'm your host, David Kluzek, and that smacking lips was just Will Thompson taking a drink of his Arizona, not a sponsor. We also have, as a guest, Adai Ramirez, and it's your boy, Omar Shah. Shout out to 2015, yo. So thank you all for being on the podcast, and I hope this goes smoothly, hopefully. No, I'm going to crash and burn. Yeah, that's what that's the, that's what happens with every podcast, so it's fine. Oh, well, see, we're on the right track then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like, you know, it usually just ends up me talking or telling a story about, like, yeah. my life at work or anything like that. But, you know, I'll try not to do that because I actually have three people here that I'm genuinely interested in talking to. Eh, well, not so much. Hey, he's talking to you. I plant back behind me. Yeah, that, that was to a nice little wall. Uh, right now, we're currently outside of uh, Barnes & Noble. Very classy, very classy. Very classy. Decided to be surrounded by books today. That way you can know that I'm kind of smart. Book smart. Speak up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, laugh, man. No, nah, no, nah, I, I had this problem with her last, co- last podcast and everything. It was like a little bird. Just trying to cheep, cheep, cheep away. Poor little church, church. Mm-hmm. But nah. Um, so for perspective, I've known Omar for what is it now? Like a little over a decade. It's it's not as long as Quan because Quan I've known for fucking fourteen, fifteen years now. Will you and I have known each other for a good two years, two, years, two, two, three, two years. three years? Yeah. And we met through. Lone Star. Yeah. Fuck that play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you say fuck that play because I got it. <laughs> oh, Do you have another copy? No, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, I would love to do that. Man, Barbara do that. stole my copy. Like Barbara stole my copy, so I stole one of hers. Oh man, she was <laughs> such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 that, that was our director, Barbara Norris. Uh, I Nick wouldn't. Garcia, if you're listening to this, I am sorry. This is not me. This is a tape recording of William. Don't, don't, don't hurt me. Bro, that sounds like some political Donald Trump shit, man. <laughs> it's all fake news. Huge. <laughs> and uh, with Adai, we got to know each other over the past year. And it's been a, a long, bumpy ride. Some, uh... Something a bit more recent than others. <laughs> now, we mentioned our broken leg last podcast. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> fucking, I, was, I got so scared for like a half a second. What? I was like, please, don't you sit here and lie to me. David, she is an innocent girl. She reads the Bible at least three What are you accusing me of at, in that point? I don't know. <laughs> 
God, fuck you, Will. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I've, I've known everyone here for just a long time and everything. It's like, like y'all are some legit cool people and everything. Uh, everyone here has at least one thing in common, whether it involves anime, video games, Poontang for Will. <laughs> um, anyone else here uh, ever broken a bone? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah! Oh, you did. <laughs> um, well, I, I sprained. I yeah, you sprained it, but you still hurt it. I hurt it really bad. Oh, another sprain. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Woo! I love sprained bodies. Uh, shoulders right here. You broke your shoulders? Nah. Oh, you sprained your shoulders. It was like a rotator cuff, right? My favorite thing is to rip my rotator cuff apart. It's bad. Wait, what's a rotator cuff apart? The, the rotator cuff. Like, oh! mobility in the shoulder. Oh, so yeah. you're just walking like Arnold Schwarzenegger like this for a good amount of your life then, right here. That seems right. Yeah, look, like, you were yeah, a bad motherfucker. You're, like, walking around the, like you will be terminated. The Pakistani Arnold Schwarzenegger, bro. <laughs> They're the racial <laughs> I don't know if it's okay for me to say. Man, I've known him for years. I, 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 feel like I, I feel like I'm comfortable enough to say it at this point. Yeah, knowing David. I mean, I'm a loose cannon, bro, like... <laughs> Like I, I could sit here and make and like crack some jokes and everything, but you know, like I enjoy having like a small fan base. I hope <laughs> so. I'm gonna just keep quiet about, about the, some of them jokes. All right. I mean, like some of them are my creations. Like they ain't that they ain't that bad. They're they're more stupid than anything, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not gonna say like I'm like. uh What's his name? Uh, why am I blanking on, on this guy's name? Like I've been watching so much shit about him and everything lately. Uh, uh, what would Man, it was the it was the comic that stole jokes. The one that stole jokes. Joe Rogan? No. No, no. Joe Rogan never stole jokes. I'm sorry, Joe Rogan. Um, Man, Joe Rogan is an avid listener of this podcast. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Joe Rogan, please don't go out there and. Uh, what, what, face. what was his name? Uh, man, I don't I don't even care anymore. The one that stole jokes. Uh, Willie White. No, he was Mexican, bro. Mm. Or he was he was Latin at least. I'm trying to think Gabriel Iglesias, but that can't be right. No, it's not it's not Gabriel Iglesias. Um, man, I don't even I don't even know anymore. Like, that, see that that just shows like how much I care about this guy and how much he doesn't matter anymore. Oh my gosh! Good, like, I mean, what get out of for stealing jokes? You are blacklisted. Like, like that's just just the worst because it's like it's. And I, I'm, I'm just going to stop right here and apologize because, like I said, we're outside the Barnes & Noble. <coughs> and it's not going to be a good time, especially with, like, background sound, especially if you hear sirens or assholes driving motorcycles and shit. So pretty much what we're saying is that you're going to get the audio quality of a 2005 iPhone uh, headphone jack. Good luck. Man, if this is supposed to be my professional grade microphone, this sucks. <laughs> That's okay, because now, now all I'm going to be doing here is. I mean, if you want, I can just go up to him and be like, I hope you're all having a nice flight. See, but now this is some nice little off. ASMR. Oh, can I get you a beverage with that? I mean, like, people are just going to skip past this. I mean, like, 
those of you that made it past those like 10 seconds, like congratulations to you. You're a winner. The fact that you haven't turned this podcast on because my voice is annoying as hell is also a big win right now. Nah, man, you're, you're good. You're good. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. That's very questionable. <laughs> That's very questionable. I agree. Yeah, I, I, was, I was about to say something that I know would like turn the, turn the tide of this podcast or anything. So I'm just keep it to myself right now. For the for the sake of our friendship, please hold it. <laughs> now I know I've said it to you before and everything, and it's like, like, we're we're cool and everything, but like I know it hurt you a little bit back then. And that was just like a that was just like a bad day. I'm so, cu- I'm so curious of what this is, but at the same time I don't. I don't want to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Let's continue on. So, uh, so uh, my hero academia, guys. What's your take on that? Uh, aside from Will and I, does anyone here actually watch or read the manga for My Hero Academia? I know. Okay, so you're. I imagine that you're caught up and everything. But uh, Arai, I talked to yesterday about watching My Hero Academia and everything and I told her that I'd try and describe it to her and everything in a way that would get her more interested because I was being pretty vague with it yesterday. I, I just said like, oh, it's just, like it's a superhero anime and that's honestly about it. Like, that's all I really said. Because right, right. it's like, th- like, it can be so much more than that and everything. But it's like a... But you it's didn't the, have to say nothing more than that, though, because you just said superhero, so I was like, okay. I already well, I mean, like, it, it's a very comedic series and everything. Like, mm-hmm. like it has lighthearted moments, it has dark moments and everything. Like, every anime usually does. Every show, in general, has <coughs> the same premises. Uh, Game of Thrones, no. I mean, like, unless you think that watching Ramsey Bolton feed someone to his dogs was hella funny like I did, then you're, you're, you're at the wrong show. To, to be like, oh, I'm watching this for comedic reasons. No, but there's some people that are, that are like really funny, like the uh, the ginger dude. Oh, I forgot, I forgot his name. Uh, he was the one that he loved, uh, Rana Tarth. He was like a. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he was. <coughs> Man, he had he had some funny ass moments, but like uh, My Hero Academia, it's a uh, it's about these uh, kids that go to a uh, superhero high school and everything, where they learn to manifest their powers. Where in the show it's called quirks. And the uh, the main character of it is Izuku Midori. Thank you. And, and he was a he was one rare kind of person that didn't have a quirk. So he ends up uh, like he he's like this huge fan of just superheroes in general, and he has this notebook where he writes down all these facts and stuff, and he learns about all these different powers that other superheroes have and everything. So, like, he catalogs them in his mind. And he ends up meeting his favorite superhero, the number one hero, All Might. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting All Might's powers because All Might has the, uh, <coughs> the quirk called One for All where he's able to transfer his powers to someone else and he's able to stockpile more powers. So, it follows Izuku as he goes through his schooling to try and learn how to control his powers and to try and become a superhero. 
Anything I really left out? Uh, you left out how it's supposed to be really fun and funny. <laughs> no, but it's... I um, mean, school's fun. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I love, I love to read books. No. What, man, reading cool, books is good, man. Shut what's up. What's cool about My Hero Academia is that it balances out between heroes and villains because they have they show off this antagonist called Shiraki, and he has the power to make people decay by putting all five fingers on him. And so they balance that out very well by like. He can never him. have sex though. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> I'd be mad. I'd really be mad when no one ever sex I mean, first off, the dude has a hand for Matt. So if they if they able to get some poon off that, I'm me, But no, but like um, I was saying, they balance the villains and the heroes very well, and what's really cool. Is that they also have very strong side characters. Now, on a lot of anime, they have side characters that are like mediocre at best, somewhat interesting. No, this show has like you're gonna have at least three care three side characters that you're gonna love almost just as much as the main character, or a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, there's only one character I cannot stand in that show. Please don't tell me girl. Nah, she's fucking hilarious. Nah, it. <laughs> This character is funny, but I just don't like him. Okay. It's Mineta. Oh yeah. Mineta? Yeah. Like he, he's that he's that one friend that everyone had in high school <laughs> that was just, just too hypersexualized. She was too horny. And like and then they're always wondering why they can't get get girls or if they were into a guy. Like they can't get the guy or anything like that. It's like what? it's like you always you're just like like you're kidding, right? Like you, you don't know why you, you, you don't think what you're doing is wrong or anything like that I but it's like that, that kind of what makes his character really really good though <coughs> like, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to defend for him being like a creep but I feel like he that, that makes him like so strong because you can you can relate to that that one creepy asshole that would like, like you, you can re- like you can have like you can have that someone that relates to him in your life and everything you. yeah but it's like with that and everything, it's just like seems like he's too much. It's like, it's like these kids are supposed to be like uh, what, like fifteen years old and everything. Yeah. This, this guy's behaving like he's like twelve, thirteen, honestly. But I mean, when you also think about it, when you were in high school, what's the number one thing that's on that? When they just, when yeah. they just discovered. Man, I'm just trying to graduate, bro. Yeah. What you talking about? You really sit up there talking about biology? No. When I was in eighth grade. Man, biology was the shit, man. Yeah, Shout out to Mr. But, Scott. <laughs> but man. <coughs> like angel walked by and I saw the butt I was like booty like that's how I was back when I was in middle school and high school I was bad in high school <laughs> yeah man don't even get me started on you man like 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 there, there was some shit that happened with you bro like like it's okay if I if I share the one story go ahead so like Omar's my boy but like some of the decisions this guy would make would, would just be like, they'd be drastic. Like, I don't even know how to describe it other than just saying drastic. <laughs> this dude liked this one girl. I'm not going to say her name. We'll just, we'll just call her uh, Denise. So, my boy liked this girl Denise. And he decided to uh, climb up on the roof. 
always on the roof, though. Th- that, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like at, at Dozier Libby, it was too easy to climb on a roof. Why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> but this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, legit held himself down. Like, like his legs were still on the roof and everything. But like, he looked down like a bat, and he was just like, "Hey, how are you?" And she, and she, and she, and she went, "Ah." Oh. The roof is pretty low, though. Even so. <coughs> still, like you up there like Batman looking for booty. <laughs> but on that, like legit, like maybe, maybe it was like. What did you do? Like it was either oh, like. Oh, it was like that same day. This guy jumped in a trash can, a trash can. All right, but we was in charge of the trash cans, though. Bro, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but you. Granted, it was empty, but you jumped in the trash can, and you waited for it to come by, and you're just in there, it's like, hey, it's me again. I had flowers, but I picked them in the morning, so they Oh, right, right, the flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to clown on you or anything like that, but, like, like, that was some of the funniest, yet most out-of-pocket shit I've ever seen, like. I remember she got pissed because, like, she sat all yeah, the time. Yeah, she got pissed. So I couldn't get out. <laughs> what high school did y'all go to? <laughs> Man, well, we, we went to. I knew that he only went to Dozier Living, but now I'm finding out that he did too. I mean, You're like see, the only one. See, man, like, the, the, cl- the class of 2015 was lit. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, 2016. Man, you went to DV, though, man. You, you don't yeah, matter. I man, you don't matter to us Dozier Living kids. Yeah. Hey, you know how um, much stress we were in? We were. We were ghetto and bougie, and we loved that shit. We were fighting every goddamn movie. We <coughs> loved that shit. It was, like, imagine... All right, for anybody who's listening, um, y'all like WWE? Do Man, this is a terrible love, example already. Do you love tournament arts and anime? Well, let me tell you something. Every Friday, it was a fight a week, and it was the best thing ever. Because you were like... Cool. What's funny about Deer Valley, it was that like you would hear all the gossip on Monday. You was like you was like a little bit of the bullshit on like Wednesday or Thursday. But once come Friday, it's like a season finale every damn weekend. And it was the best thing ever. Like But man you talk you talk about your, your class and everything and how it was like the the tournament arcs and how it was like the WWE and everything. But I forget. Wasn't it your class that ended up like on the news? And everything because they closed down every restaurant in you that in that area. Damn right we were. Man, and you're proud of that. I am very proud of that. Yes. Man, I- I'm sorry, but you're dumb as fuck. <laughs> you're boring. Man, at least we didn't close down a Taco Bell. Hey, but you wonder why? <laughs> because we were turning up, and we bro- and we broke, and we turned down Burger King. Man, y- y'all took out Burger King. You. I mean, like, you took right. out Burger King. Who took, really loves Burger King? But, like, you took like, out Burger King. You took out... No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying for... Hell. I'm just saying for, for perspective. Like, y'all took out a Burger King. Wait. A McDonald's. You, you took out a Food Max, honestly. You, you took out Baskin Robbins. You took out that... You took out that whole area. Yeah. You sure did. Yeah. Man, they were like, yo, y'all need to have someone out here at all times, or we're getting the, the cops, like, out here every day. It's like it. It almost got to that. Like I remember driving by all the time and everything. It's like, like I said, we were <laughs> and we loved that shit. like I went to I went to Food Max and everything, 
and like they legit they legit let people in that drove because they'd be like they'd have someone walk, walk looking outside and everything. It's like like oh you drove here okay okay you you must be good. I saw some some people clowning around right outside of Baskin Robbins, and pe- like the the co like the workers inside were just looking at y'all. Like I could see this shit. They're just they're just looking at y'all. Like one of the guys like had his phone had his phone in his hand and everything, and his other coworkers are just like. For those of you that can't see, because we're on a podcast and I don't have cameras set up yet, I'm just throwing my arms up and just like giving like exasperated looks because like it was crazy because like I remember one day like it seemed like a fight was about to happen. Someone I know someone hit the ground, but then. All I hear after that and everything is like, man, that's why your mama's so fucking fat. And I was like, I was, I was like, what? Like, like who, who knocks someone? Like, who knocks someone to the ground? Wait. Then says that their mom is fat. You think mom's <laughs> fat? I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm just saying what I'm. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying like what I saw that one day. Like, it was like when I watched. Uh, Childish Gambino's uh, special on Netflix and everything, where he's talking about like how he was. You know, you know on Guava Island? No, um, man, this was this was like this was like years ago. It was stand up, yeah, okay, stand up. Where where he's just going through like how he's walking the streets in like L.A. or something like that, and he hears some kids just outside trying to roast each other at the basketball court, and then there was the one kid that was just like, and that's why your mom's in a fucking wheelchair. It's just like it's just some out of pocket shit like that that makes you just stop and be like, "Did he really just say that?" Hey, but you know what? When you leave out of Deer Valley, you have the most thickest skin <coughs> ever. Like, nothing can. Man, my brother went to Deer Valley and that's true. like, that's when it was still kind of clean, man. Let's be real. When did he go? Man, he, he graduated in 2012, bro. Like, oh, then he got lucky. He's, well, so he's like, See, you you admit it. He got lucky. No, I'm saying he's not as thick skin. That's all I'm just saying. But what I'm saying is. When you get out of there, he coached y'all in football, though. So he, he knows, like, I how. not Coach Woods. No. Thank God. Man, I said my brother. Oh, Why would my brother be Coach? Why would my brother be that, Look, that, I don't that know. asshole Coach Woods, man? What the fuck? Man, I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy out here. It's crazy everywhere. But yeah, just like, uh, like, man. I feel like if you went to Dozier, like, you'd kind of have, like, the same experience that I did, honestly. Wait, I feel like kids who went to Dozier, though, were more depressed and, like, stressed out than Deer Valley people. Honestly. I mean, honestly, it depends on who your your teacher was and everything, because, like, if you you had Ms. Ross, then you're you're going to suffer throughout the entire year, because... You won't learn anything, and you'll have to teach yourself everything. Wait, was Dr. Soroka there? Oh, hell yeah. Dr. Soroka she was the, was the man. She was gone. She was, go- she was horrible. Like, I was- when she left, Well, obviously, you didn't was- have Miss Gray. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a, jo- that's, that's, that, that's a joke before your time. <laughs> Wait, did you guys have Miss Graham? Miss Graham? Yeah, she was there. Well, I never had Miss Graham because... Miss Peters was originally the uh, the ninth grade teacher, and she just taught um, honors English. 
then she moved up with us. And it was like, yo, two years in a row with Miss Peters. I already know her grading. I'm going to yeah. do great in this class. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? You didn't read all these books you were supposed to read except for Lord of the Flies? <laughs> Whoops. Now, Lord of the Flies was the shit, man. Like, that was the one book I read. Like, like after after getting through half of Julius Caesar, I was just like, ha! I like Julius nope! Caesar. <laughs> man, no. Julius Caesar was trash. What was cool about Deer Valley, we had the we had, we had this one teacher. <coughs> people, who are, people who are from Deer Valley will know what I'm talking about. We had this teacher named Mr. Rudell. This man found a way to incorporate Star Wars and Star Trek into his lecture and it was the best thing ever and then we had a day we just sat back and watched star wars i think he's still there yeah he's still yeah. there Damn Man, yeah it's, and it's they cool. still do this okay so i'm an avid star wars fan yes which, which star wars did he show a new hope my man because <laughs> if you were saying that he he showed you some uh, like <laughs> If he showed you like Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones or some shit, like, oh my God. like man, hold on, hold I, I'd, I'd hold have on, to, like, I legit have to on, go, wait. I legit have to go there and I'm just like, just like smack this person. I'm about to go on a rant. For the people who are dogging Episode Seven, Episode Eight, and Episode Nine, but are somehow saying that one, two, and three are good, you guys are trash. I love you guys, but you guys do not make any sense because how in the Star Wars Episode Three was good. No, because here's because here's what happened. Wait. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. That was good. You meant after getting stuck with Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith was a breath of fresh air, honestly. It was the better of the two, but I wouldn't call it good. I mean, the writing was terrible. It was terrible. All the way through. And then on top of I mean, like, at least, at least, like, the action was good, and at least, like. The music scores were great in the. the, Ooh, yo, man. <laughs> the, uh, Duel of the Fates? Duel of the Fates. Oh my god. That's like the best score they ever had. But like, uh, like, as for your argument about the sequel series, there's only one of them that was worth watching. Episode 8. Man, you're tripping. Oh, here You're we tripping, go. man. I've, I've been waiting for this argument. I've been waiting for it. Bro, episode 7. Yes, it was a rehash of A New Hope. No, no, no okay. But okay. at least we get new characters and we got something that was kind of fresh. Yes, we lose Han Solo in the process. Mm-hmm. But with The Last Jedi, this was after the death of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. May God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. But when they had a chance to legit kill her off in the most badass way possible, she gets blasted out of her ship. Mm-hmm. She uses her force powers to come back into the ship and she's alive. What the fuck is that, man? Alright. That was some stupid shit. Okay. They she they kill off Admiral Akbar in that way. That's badass! They don't kill off Leia in that way. No. They kill her off in the last I mean in uh, what was it? The Rise of Skywalker. I don't even care about that movie, man. That movie was such trash. Mm-hmm. I don't blame um what's it, what's his name? I don't blame JJ Abrams. For Rise of Skywalker, mm. well, I blame Ryan Johnson okay. for the Last Jedi. Now, and I like Ryan Johnson is a good ass director. He's a good ass writer. Now, I right. loved Knives Out, okay. but his turn in Star Wars was 
the worst thing I've ever seen. Now, here's where I'm going to argue against <coughs> it. So, let's... Man, I swear to God, if you say that that Leia floating back into that ship was badass, man, I'm going to no, get up and I'm going to smack you, bro. Let me explain. So, the original... Let's, let's all agree how like the original sequels was laid out. They had no roadmap. Let's be clear. They had no roadmap. They, they, they had a bit of a roadmap. Okay, no, let's they, be real. With Snoke, he was supposed to be the big bad guy. Palpatine, Palpatine was not supposed to come back. Let's be real. Okay. Now. Because he was because Snoke was killed off. All right. They had to bring in someone because Kylo Ren, he's not a he's not a threat, man. Let's be real. Bro, I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get that. Bro, hold on. Hold those thoughts. Hold and, those thoughts. And, for, and Force Awakens. Hold on. Hold that he lost to someone who had never held a lightsaber. All right. Let's be real. All right. Now look, hold that thought. So. He's trash. With the fact that there is no road <coughs> I'm not saying episode 7 wasn't good episode 7 wasn't good I mean, episode 7 was good what I'm saying is that the fact that Ryan Johnson took on episode 8 and not only did he he what was it he tested your guys' faith like he tested Star Wars' faith or uh, uh, faith I'm sorry their trust, because they, he made a movie that you would that you would never expect. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not saying Leia coming back in uh, back into the fourth. No, that was dumb as fuck. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that was bad. But the fact that <coughs> the fact that we were what's it called we were originally our first um what was it what would you call that uh not preparation our expectations. Our expectations when from the end of episode 7 and the beginning of episode 8 our our head uh, our mindset was Luke Skywalker was going to Luke Skywalker was going to train Rey and she's going to become the next Jedi. No. He he subverted your expectations by saying, "No, this this way of living is bad and this way of living is it needs to die out." And I was well, let's be honest. The way they prepared Snoke, I already knew going into Episode Eight that he was not going to be the main villain. The reason why is because it's going to be very controversial. I feel that Episode Nine should have had Kylo Ren as the main villain because of Episode Eight. Because at the end of Episode Eight, our expectations <coughs> our expectations were subverted. We didn't know where everything was going, and then you start to think that. Oh, um, Kylo Ren can somehow become uh, Ben, um, can be Ben Solo over again. But instead, he wants to die this out. And so you can have a, you could have had a movie where it was Kylo Ren versus Rey, and they didn't have that stupid Palpatine plot, um, plot, uh, plot line in there. And it could just be a matter of going between two perspectives on how on how the future of the Star Wars and how the future of the Jedi and the Force should be taken care of. That would have made such a more stronger stronger movie than having and uh, having the plot line of Palpatine. But that would never come to be if who was the person that uh, directed episode seven and episode nine? JJ Abrams. If JJ Abrams if David Abrams then tried to play safety and tried to protect what was what people supposedly thought was left after Ryan Johnson, I feel like that was I feel like that was a cowardly move, in my perspective. Because a person who, yes, I agree, Ryan Johnson did not have the per, 
did not go with like whatever plan that they had. And you subvert your expectations on purpose. Now, you as the person who's gonna be following up with that movie, you have two choices. You either have one, run with it, and try to at least build upon it. Because let's be honest, this was like a this was like a probably a ten year not ten year, five year uh improv of Star Wars trilogy. In improv, in, in improv, you are supposed to pick up where you left off. You're not supposed to go back and try to change it and try to remove what the previous person did. His job should have been to continue with where Ryan Johnson left off and try to build up on top of that. But because they had rivalry and because they had this and because they had that going on, they ended up pretty much throwing Ryan Johnson under the rug, which is what ultimately I feel was a bad decision. Well, there are things I can agree with, then there are things I can also disagree with. Okay. So, with Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams in the director's seats and everything, like, the fact that Star Wars has to, like, Star Wars has such a strong fan base where it's like, it's different from every fan base. Right. Because, like, if they did something like this for Marvel, people would, like, people would be upset but they won't go out and riot in the streets like how Star Wars fans do. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've I've gone out and I have completely negated Rise of Skywalker. Like that is one movie that I legit hate. Yeah. But that's not a good movie. but with that and everything, like like for 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 JJ Abrams to kind of pick up where it left off and everything, I feel like like if he was like. If I was to go back and if, if I was J.J. Abrams, that one scene where Palpatine final like gets like like kind of like sucks the life force and everything out of Ray, and he just fires the electric like the electricity up into the to the sky and everything. Mm-hmm. If the movie just cut to black and went to the credits, I feel like that would have been a better ending than what we got, honestly, because it turns everything on its head. There were five fake-out deaths in Rise of Skywalker. Definitely. No, like, I, like, someone, um, first off, I'm getting all, I'm getting my argument based off of Cosmonaut Variety Hour. Shout out to you guys. Um, <coughs> he pointed out five fake death scenes that are in Rise of Skywalker. First, it was Chewie. We thought he died. Then we find out that he's Man, alive. I, I, I knew that they didn't kill off Chewie. Yeah, yeah, but, okay, but it's so, like, But it's like, the first like thing, they, they, tr- they tried... But in my opinion, they did not succeed. It would, it would, because like, like, it's like, oh, Ray used these electric powers because Palpatine, spoiler alert, is her fucking father. What? Oh, I'm sorry, not father, grandfather. Which that's another thing. That, that, that was the that was the worst thing that could have ever happened. So Chewbacca is the first fake out scene. Then you have C3PO, who who in a way is a self sacrifice. <coughs> he's saying, oh, I want to save. See, man, like, like with, to, C, with, C, save, with C3PO and everything. Save you guys, like a sacrifice. So it's like, uh, like with that scene, like I, could, like, I thought it was going to happen also. Because, like, uh, before Rise of Skywalker came out, I made the mistake of watching Solo. Mm-hmm. That is also a terrible movie. We can talk, we can talk about that one later, because, like, like... <laughs> After after this whole little debate and everything, we need like I feel like we truly need to move on from from Star Wars because otherwise, like both of us are just gonna get pissed off and Omar and Adai are not gonna get any screen time. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I I've been hogging it. 
<laughs> but but like uh, like if no one here has seen Solo or anything like that, in the Millennium Falcon, which like which they made it look like C three PO was in in the trailers and everything, and you can't trust any trailers anymore because they always change the shit up. But in Solo, they had a they had this uh, robot that worked with uh, Lando Calrissian, who was played by Donald Glover, and. <laughs> This this robot was supposed to have like this uh, this great navigational power and everything, so they plugged the robot into the Millennium Falcon and like all these maps and everything are in the Millennium Falcon and everything. So it's like they're able to navigate out of it out of the uh, the Kessel Run, that which is why it's so important. Where it's like, oh, I made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. As opposed to the original fourteen or anything I, I like that. I kind of wish they did a solo movie to where they didn't show the Kessel Run. It leaves it up to your imagination. Yeah, because like when you first hear about the Kessel Run, you're thinking like, "Oh my gosh, is it like this one big adventure?" But in actuality, it's it, it like, was it was it was just stupid. No, like well, like it, it was it was it was like, good it, for it, it what was, the movie wanted it to, but I felt like. Leaving, it, 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 took, it, it took it took away from what you can imagine. Yeah, like leaving it like leaving what it was in like in your head, I feel like that's, like, the real journey. Like, like that's, like, the real surprise versus, like, us showing the Yeah, surprise. but with the trailer and everything, it made it look like C-3PO was gonna be, like, put inside the Millennium Falcon and everything. I was like, oh, shit, he's about to fucking die. And it's like, oh, my God. Then they used it because it's like, oh, because of the events that happened in Revenge of the Sith, it was a complete mind wipe and everything, and because C-3PO knows every language... They had to activate his mind and everything to go back to his kind of like primordial settings. Right. To be able to understand the language of the Sith. And first off, why the fuck is that a protocol <coughs> in C3PO? Because let's remember who made C3PO. But they had but they had the mind wipe of him, that's why. That because like they had to make sure that like there was no like recognition of anything from the past. So my question is why is it in C-3PO that was built by Anakin Skywalker, who was eight on canon? He is eight years old, so what built that he's building C-3PO. So why did he put in a plot hole from like nine movies ago for this same plot device? It makes absolutely no sense. For that one, it goes down to the writing, and like I, like I don't know who wrote the movie or anything like that, but it's like Jesus, man. Oh my gosh! They, but dropped like, uh, so, they dropped so many plot holes in this fucking movie. It was so ridiculous. But it was just, like it was just so bad. But back to your argument and everything, just like Ryan Johnson, he he did the best that he could with what he was given. But it wasn't a good end result, honestly. Because like I'm not I'm not even gonna get on him about the porgs. The porgs are kind of. I mean, the Porgs are better than Gungans. Let's be real. Like, we don't need another Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. Like, let's be real. But, like, uh, just that final battle between Luke and Kylo Ren. I loved it. Dude, that was... The reason... See, like, Luke is my favorite character in all of Star Wars. After him, it goes Obi-Wan. Like, that's how I am. Luke... Used all of his force essence and everything to create this faux version of himself mm-hmm. to go battle Kylo Ren to give everyone else in the resistance time to escape. Mm-hmm. 
and then he dies. Dude, that like I feel like that, you're looking at honor, it honor, a different perspective. No, honestly, like I feel like that's a bitch way for a Jedi to go. Now, here's why I disagree. <coughs> you also gotta look at it, and again, this goes back on like how Ryan Johnson set up the movie. He set up the movie purposely to subvert your expectations on purpose. So when so think about it. Like think about it in this expect expect in this mindset. You are what's it called? You are known as the you are known as a legend. And you refuse, and first off, you refuse to even go back into the force. And you refuse to do any, and you refuse to do anything because you feel like the way of the the way of the Jedi is not is not a good living style. Now, because of plot, you're you're somehow shrunk back into. <coughs> I feel like. Well, the way that Luke like got himself out of the force and everything, it was understandable because like he saw a small bit of darkness in right. Kylo Ren's mind, as they said in the movie. Right. But then there was also some sort of light. Yes, Luke ended up bringing out the darkness because he, because Kylo Ren happened to wake up not not right when he turns on not right when Luke turns on his lightsaber, but like right as he's about to turn it off. That's when he wakes up, and that was just the worst. Because it's like, if you hear someone, like, if you hear a lightsaber turn on and everything, you, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you, you're going to wake up, because you're going to be like, you're going to be like, I'm about to fucking die, bro. Yeah, but, but, like, he woke up after the fact, man. Yeah, but you also, but, but like, but you also have to. But it's like, yeah, Luke, Luke caused him to go to the dark side and everything. Like, that's a fucker. You have to think, that's kind of. The way they handled Luke Skywalker, I agree, was probably the best. I thought like it was the best decision because imagine, imagine, us, uh, imagine a Jedi, the most noble of Jedi, the people that you think of as a, as like this great, amazing guy. Like you think he's like Superman of the Star Wars universe, and then you meet him, and he's just like a shell of what uh, a shell of once he was was, and he's on like the opposite. Of uh, of what he was when you first saw the guy, I think that's such like a that's such a ballsy decision, and I feel like the way they handled him well, and the way he, and the way he ended was really well. We also got because like, for him to even go back into the force, and he chooses it, and he chooses it to not to not fight Kylo Ren, but to have a but to have a heart to heart with him before he and before he ultimately dies. I feel like that's an I feel like that's an appropriate way versus all having like this big climactic <coughs> lightsaber uh, lightsaber duel, but having like a, but having a heart to heart and just having two characters just talk to each other one last time, knowing the history that you had beforehand. See, man, that's why that's why I dis- that's why I disagree idea. because like like it sounds good on paper and everything, but I feel like honestly, he should have been there. He. Kylo Ren should not have fired like all the ATATs at him and everything, because like, like if if Luke Skywalker was to get out of that and everything, like that dude's a super saiyan, like that dude's a god. But the fact that he all he did was just like brush it off his shoulder and everything, you know, at that point it's like, okay, this guy's a hologram and everything. You can see because he has dark hair; it's not gray anymore, and he has a black beard. Yeah, like it like. He, he got rid of his age and everything to make it look like, oh, I'm still the same age as when I accidentally betrayed you, and everything. But they could have they could have definitely done like a callback, because Kylo Ren wanted to be Darth Vader. Let's be real, he wanted to be Darth Vader, and at that point, 
Luke Skywalker could have been Obi-Wan. He could have given himself up so that everyone could have escaped and everything. He would have been one with the Force, and he could still teach Rey from the like from the opposite side of the Force. You're talking about Kylo? No. You're talking about Luke? I'm talking about Luke. Yeah. Okay. He could have been. He could have turned into the Obi-Wan that Obi-Wan was for him. To where it's like he comes in at the opportune moments and everything to like help her out and everything. But other than that, like, like he he's kind of just in the background, kind of like how Obi Wan was and everything, because Obi Wan was such a a main role in the prequel series during the Clone Wars. And then like, because everyone that originally saw the original trilogy and everything had to wait for the prequels and everything, they kind of were able to imagine what he was based off of like how Al Guinness portrayed him and everything. And the end result with Ellen McGregor was fantastic. And they could have continued that with Luke and everything. Because, like, it could have worked out so well because, yeah, he Luke still had Yoda teaching him from, like, the, the other side of the Force. He still had, he still had Obi-Wan and everything. Of course, you're not going to see Ellen McGregor talking to Luke Skywalker because of what happened with uh, the original guy, David Prowse, who played... The feeble old man Vader, and how he was replaced by Hayden Christensen, in like the remakes and everything. That's what pissed people off the most, because like everyone, everyone that hated the prequels and everything was just like, you replaced this this great thing that we had with this cocky shit. At the end, of, like. If you don't believe me, go back and watch Return of the Jedi, and you will see Hayden Christensen there going. Yeah, no, I agree. The trilogy. They they could like, they could have done that with Horrible. Luke and everything. They could have made him into the mentor that Obi Wan was to him, that Yoda was to him. And yeah, we had a Yoda conversation in the Last Jedi, but man, that that wasn't needed. It was. That was definitely. That was definitely fan base. But at the same time, I also feel like it was appropriate for the story because the one, the one that told Luke about the Jedi is the one that is confirming his disbelief on letting the Jedi end. I feel like that's a good poetic. It's, uh, it's poetic and it's, and it just comes in full circle in a good way. Well, at this point, we'll just agree to disagree. I guess so. And. And we're at 46 minutes right now. So we're, we're just going to take a small little break and we'll come back and we'll hopefully hear something from Omar Nanai because when well, I just took over this shit. Um, Sorry, guys. If you want debates, though, we got you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if you want if you want debates, like, like, this is something I've wanted to do for a long ass time. Like, I've wanted to make, like, YouTube videos and everything where it's just, like, like people according to their Hogwarts house and everything because, like, I'm a Ravenclaw, and I was gonna man. I was I was gonna have Priscilla, who's also another Ravenclaw, and everything with me, go against like Slytherins, Gryffindors, Hufflepuffs, everything. Well, I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not a strong Harry Potter fan. Like, no, I'm not I'm not even, I'm not even talking about it being like Harry Potter or anything like that. I'm just saying based on your house, mm. then we then we debate because like like so like the Slytherins are gonna be a bit more cutting and like they'll try and like like. You, you guys will be smart and everything. We're definitely headstrong. But you guys will like, you guys will focus on one thing and one thing completely and everything. And you guys will try and like undercut everyone else. While 
the Ravenclaws will come at it with a bit more intellectual, like, prowess and everything, and we'll try and, like, stick to the facts. We'll, like, and when it comes to, like, other people's facts, which we would call opinions, we debate against those and everything. The Gryffindors would just be like, this is why I'm right. And the Hufflepuffs would be like, we can all be friends, right? Yeah, no one wants to be a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Tell that to yeah. Alex. But anyway, um, you want to be a Hufflepuff? I, my girlfriend is a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll be right back after this short break. And we're back. So pussy. Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're still here after that first segment, which we'll call the will analogy, we're we're gonna try and talk a bit more to Omar and Arai. Will you can definitely feel free to jump in, but like we we gotta keep the debates like off the table. If you want to debate more, like we'll we'll have you on again. We'll just have like a full as debate episode or whatever. Like we'll have like a panel Look, of judges talking, and you everything. Can talk about anything. True. I'm just following your rules. I mean, yeah, but like that entire segment was like us. Like Omar spoke what like maybe five five times, and Adai was just like, "Yeah, I'm still here, you guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm still pretty quiet. Yeah." They could jump in. I mean, like, I know that I know that I saw a Star Wars with Omar for my birthday one year. But I, I, I don't, I don't know if you just said I'm, that you're not into it, right? No, I've never seen their movies except for like a little portion of the last new one that came out. <coughs> <coughs> no, my cookie! Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I started choking on that one. No, I want to see them. Trust me. I just haven't had the time to like. Okay, we'll, we'll 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 watch we'll watch Star Wars. We'll have a marathon. No, we'll, we'll we'll show you the good ones. We'll show you the good ones. We'll show you uh three through um. Three to eight. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say I'd say three to seven. But you know that's another nope, debate. That, that's another okay, debate no, for another time. But anyway, um. So we have such. Like, we have such different, like, oppositions right now and everything because Omar just graduated from uh, Cal Poly Pomona. Congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you. In uh, graphic arts. Originally a mathematics major, correct? Yeah. Was, was it just mathematics or was it like... Uh, it's like applied math. And th- this, is how th- this is how this guy is. He went to graphic design because the mathematics got boring and he got tired of it. Man, how much of a genius are you? <laughs> like if math like if you're a math major and you're just like, "Nah, man, this is boring now." Like I, I want to know when math was ever good at this point, man. It's just like, look, when I got to the Pythagorean theorem, I cut out immediately. <laughs> man, as soon as it got to like the area of a triangle. I was like, "What? What are these? What? What do these mean?" 
I was like, I was like, area equals half of the base times height. What does that mean? <laughs> Where do you get a base in a triangle except for a right one? Just oh yeah, you gotta find the base of an isosceles triangle. How? In a scale, in, in a scaling triangle. What? Man, I enjoyed turning them into decimals, but you know. <laughs> so, uh, so with uh, graphic arts and everything, that goes into another art major, which is theater. And it's like three of us here are theater majors, and then there's one graphic art major, major and everything. So it's like we're all majoring somewhat in the arts. So it's like, has there been anything that you've been working on, like whether it's for yourself or like, have you been uh, planning on doing anything like uh, trying to get into like uh, animation or I'm into like real, I fucking hate art now <laughs> Jesus that is great <laughs> I was not expecting that one okay that's hella funny okay so <laughs> so aside from hating your own life, what what do you do now? <laughs> God. Art was oh. fun until people start telling you, "Hey, that shit, do it again." Uh, uh, I mean, so like. You were going based off of, like, what other people were critiquing. Or, or would you say that you were your own worst critic? Or are you just fine with everything? And it was just that one person that was like, Hmm. So is that how you're drawing? The Flash? <laughs> no, I'm going to be real. I was quite bad at drawing. <laughs> it was not a fun time. Uh, I think there's, like, aspects of, like... Like, I, I liked math in that it was... There's always one right answer. You can't be wrong if you like go follow the right steps. But with art, even if you follow all the right steps, you can still be very, very wrong. And it, there becomes a point that like, like I'm wasted all the time. I'm I'm a pretty creative person. I like to think. Um, but there comes a point where like I don't like your creativity, which is to a point that's like fuck you. I don't care. But there's also an aspect of like it just hurts yeah cause it's like you mean this is who I am as a person yo mm-hmm. just like like let me be me but like for for those people that are just like oh your creativity is shit mm-hmm. like at, at that point I know I'd be that that asshole and everything that whenever some like especially if it was like an instructor that came up to me and said that it's like like oh this drawing this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's like someone just took a piece of shit and just smeared it all over the paper. You see that be- you see that banana duct taped to the wall? That's art. I just look at that t- that person and be like, "Did he uh, do that one? Uh, did he? I think so. Wait, hold on. Let me think. I could be. Look, look, look it up. Find out about I that one. Wrong, but, but like, I remember, uh, I remember some celebrity. Like, I know that. I know that. I know that my ass would be like. You think this is bad? Well, that's just up for interpretation. That's just how that's how I feel about it. I think this is honestly the best work I've ever done, and 
no, I can't drop the shit. Yeah. That, that's why. That's why. That's why I stick to trying to write scenes and direct and all that kind of stuff. Oh man! Like for me, I'm a, I'm really big on film, acting, and photography, and those are probably the strongest parts of art that I can see. Not, well, not not be not me be being judgmental, but the actuality is based on perspective. But for me, my favorites are those three things because, like, not. Two experiences can't be the same on all three of those aspects. Yeah. And that's what's so good about theater and movies is that you, anytime, anytime you watch a movie, well, mainly, mainly more in theater, but like when you watch a play, it's never the same thing. Two different TV shows are never the same thing. Yes, they'll have like a bit like similarities and mm-hmm. they're similar, but they're never the same. And that's what's always good about like this part of art. Everybody has like their own perspective on something. Everything has their own decisions, and every decision is like in your face. No one hides shit in these aspects, unless you're unless you're a big time movie, movie producer. But that's a different story. Um, but yeah, like like for me, like I've been a theater. I'm, I've been a theater major for about five years now. Um, I've been doing this stuff since I was seventeen, and. The entire experience has been amazing for me. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not where I want to be, but it's still awesome. That's good to hear. Sorry, I really just took this straight away from Omar. <laughs> no, I am no, so good. sorry. I, I was going to see if we wanted to pass the mic to uh, Arai to explain herself and what she's trying to uh, get out of it, what she des- desires as like her type of artistic vibe for. Uh, theater and whatnot, and how she is trying to go through it and everything, how she sees it. Please tell us what is your drive. Just gonna move this a bit closer. Oh, she gonna project. She didn't need that. I mean, is she gonna project, though? If she projects, I will move it back. Um, I don't know. I guess my drive is how, like, we go from casting people um, to like little to just this little thing that we're like, no, it's not going to be nice and big and beautiful. To the end, like seeing the step-by-step process until performances and seeing this big thing grow, it's, I would have to say, one of the most amazing experiences, especially like sitting in the sound booth, going through that, and then watching like, I like to say all the actors that I work with or like my little chicklings, so I like to see my little chicklings grow and do an awesome job and they really make like us as a community or at least like Los Madonos present as like one of the best theater programs that there is. I don't know how hmm. you feel about that. <laughs> how, how quaint. Hmm, how quaint. Hmm, hmm yes. Hmm. Well, <laughs> if I had to say in terms of like DVC and stuff, I've heard they're a little stuck up, so I'm just saying, like, I feel like we're a little bit more genuine, more lenient. Yeah. I mean, that's because we have one person as the head of our department. But he's really that is that is so though. that is so grounded. Yeah. He, he's so he's down to earth. Down to, yeah. yeah. He's very down to earth. And, and like, it, I think it all goes down to the professors that we have, because if we have like shitty professors, then you know. Yeah. We we're, we're not gonna like the aspect of going to. Class I mean, every day. yeah. Well, Nick Nick, Nick can go crazy on us sometimes. Yeah, but, but it's that's like just his love. passion. It's yeah. that's his love. passion. I mean, like, 
I've, I've told this story many times. Uh, I told it on a podcast uh, with uh, Kayla, uh, another actor friend that we have and everything. And it was during my first show with Nick. We're, we're doing this show, you remember it, oh, called God. Death and Silence. Oh, we're doing Death and Silence. Thank God. I thought I was talking about reality check. I got scared for a second. I now, Oh, I, I was in reality check. Never mind. Oh. Yeah, you were in reality check. <laughs> Man, reality check was fun for me, bro. <laughs> Man, I got to be. I got to be a, a bro. I, I got to be as un PC as possible. It was great. But um, <laughs> with uh, death and silence, for for those of you two that don't know, it was a uh, it was zombie apocalypse play and everything, and I played the villain. And during our rehearsals. Uh, there was supposed to be a fight choreographed and everything between myself and the the antagonist, I mean the protagonist who was named Sonia in the play. I'm not going to give out her real name. Uh, but uh, Amazing actress, by the way. Amazing actress. That's debatable for this one. Ooh, look, we're not, look. I, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to say her name. She was already leaving LMC and everything. She phoned it in. So many people have said it and everything. Mm. So, so many people that I respect from LMC and everything have said it and everything. Like people that are no longer there, I will t- I will tell you about it outside of the podcast and everything because I don't want to put too much on this person. But I've heard that they were so much better in other shows, and they were just they were just there for the for death and silence, and that's the unfortunate thing. Because well, like. When it comes to, well, Hmm. I feel like the ensemble as a whole was very. I felt the ensemble as a whole was very strong, and even if you may feel, uh, con- uh, even if you may feel, uh, not controversial. She she phoned it in. I'll, I'll be very honest with that. She phoned it in for a lot and everything. While, like, there there were only three leads. That's well, the thing. She, well, if she it was like it was, that, and she's and she's phoning it in. She then she must be an amazing person when she actually tries hard. Because I that, that's what that's what that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I enjoyed her experience. I enjoyed everybody. I enjoyed but, um, uh, we were supposed to do be doing like a fight choreography and everything, and I was pulling my punches in ways and everything because like I was supposed to, I was supposed to like punch her to knock her out and everything, and Nick kept on being like, "David, what the fuck are you doing? I know you can do this." Like he kept on getting more antsy and antsy and everything. Like he was just getting so passionate about it and everything, and I was like, and. For those, like you guys know me and everything, like I apologize for for nothing all the time. You, you remember this in high school, just it's like something could happen and everything. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? I'm sorry. I don't know. It would just be, always be like that and everything. Like I just kept on being like, I'm sorry. I'm trying <laughs> to nick and everything. And after like the uh, the ninth try of doing it and everything, Nick just gets up from his chair and he's like, What are you doing? Fucking do it! Fucking hit her! And her! Fucking do it! Like, he's just screaming at me and everything. I was like, I was like, oh! <laughs> then I, fi- I finally do it. And he's just like, yes! And at, like, and, a- and after, like, after our rehearsal and everything, he comes up to me and he just goes, he puts his hand on my shoulder and, and everything. He's like, hey, buddy. You know, in the way that he does, and it's like, like it's just the most endearing thing. I he's, love he's, he he's, okay. he's just like, that's like, iconic. You know, I, 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 okay, cool. I, 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 it's okay if I do it that's to you, Omar. You. 
So like he puts his hand, hand on my shoulder and he's like, Hey buddy, mm-hmm. I know things got really intense in there, but <laughs> just yeah. know that I don't mean it. Or that I just get, I'm just making sure that yeah. you know my passion and I know that you can get there. I'm just trying to make sure that you get there. So are you okay, buddy? Are you, are you okay? And I'll, I'll just like, 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 I legit almost start, like, I almost start, he's such a father figure. I almost cried at that point. I was like, like, as soon as you get there and everything, like, you feel so accomplished and you're just like, wow, this like, 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 I got there like it was nothing. Like, after you finally get there and everything, it's just like, like, it took that long to get here. And it's like, you just feel like this weight just dropped from your chest and everything. But it's like, it's, this is the second time I've talked about this on the podcast and everything. And it's just like, like, it's just incredible because of how you get someone like Nick Garcia to just go off and be this amazing person, this amazing teacher, this amazing director that took this guy that has never acted before and turned him into something that he definitely, that I'm definitely not. And I'm not sure if you remember or anything like that, but um, I believe that you were there. I believe you guys were just hanging outside the theater one day and everything and talking with uh, Greg and I came out of the theater and I was like, oh, hey, what's up, Greg? And you guys went. And we all just started to kind of hang out and like, we were singing Disney and everything. And Claire was there. And she, she was just like, she's like, oh, you're the, you're the guy. What the fuck? This guy's, this guy's fucking hella nice and shit. Like, he's so sweet. I thought he was going to be, like, the biggest asshole in the world. And I was like, thanks, I don't get that a lot. <laughs> Nick definitely like... Like, he, he gets you to places that, like, you don't think you can ever go to. But that's like, the thing, because, like, even when we think we don't see our potential, he sees the potential in us, and he when, makes us, like, see it. When he knows that you can go bigger and, uh-huh. you, can, and you can go harder, he really he will, pushes he will you. make you go harder. That, that's, the, that's the thing, because it's like... Like... To be a truly evil person mm-hmm. and, like, do something that you would never do and everything, even if it's choreographed and it's made to look real, but you know that it's definitely fake and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you get, like, screams in an audience based off something that happens, mm-hmm. you feel so good as an actor. You feel so good as a director. You feel so good just knowing that, like, you got to at least one person in that audience. And it's just, like, it's so incredible. And that's honestly what I try and go for when I, like, you both you both were there for the new play festival and everything with at least one of the shows I directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you unfortunately weren't there. Uh, Quan saw the one show that I wanted him to see. It was called Brentwood's Finest. It was, it was the police play. Ah, yeah, um, it was just supposed to be this comedy and everything, where, and there was only one part where people 
felt legit uncomfortable. It was it, it was insinuated at one part that, like, a person ended up getting pulled over in their car for drunk driving. <laughs> and the cops in the play were just so stupid, except for one cop, where he actually, like, did his job and everything. But one of the cops tried arresting the, the drunk driver and everything, which is like, oh, that's good, and everything. But the drunk driver was like, oh, no, uh, you know, there's someone else in my car. You just can't see him because he's invisible. <coughs> and the cop is like, oh, okay, so uh, w what does this invisible person look like? And it's like, oh, you know, kind of like me, except, you know, darker skin. And that's where the scene just changes. Oh, I you remember it now, yeah. And yeah. the cop, like, like I, wa I wanted it to uh, be, I wanted it to uh, be like that and everything, because like it was written like that in the script. But we added a gun to the mix, where we're just like, oh, we have like we're turning this cop into like OJ, dirty, shady cop. And she's just like, sir, have your friend get out of the, get out of the car and get on the ground right now. And then, like, we have we have the, the cop just randomly just start firing at the ground and everything. And everyone in the audience just went, like, they went from laughing to not knowing what to do. And I was like, this is what I wanted. Thank you. You don't know whether to laugh or be concerned at this point. Because it's like, yes, the person is shooting no one. But it was described as a person of color as that no one and it's kind of how it was in the script but there was no gun and the two the two writers of the play came up to me and everything they're just like you took it in a direction that we didn't even think about going and I was like that that's that's good on me I guess because like it got like it got people thinking and it got people talking just like is it like like Yes, it was like it was fake and everything, but was it right? Was it wrong? What are we doing in our own community to try and stop this from possibly happening? You know, like it was able to spark a decent conversation, where it's not like oh, they ki they killed off a non-existent African American person or anything like that, but it was able to spark that debate where it's like. Is this possibly happening? Because it's called Brentwood's Finest. And it's like, Brentwood is already kind of associated with being a completely whitewashed town. And honestly, it's kind of true. Just because heritage, all that kind of stuff, and everything. Like, all the high schools and everything. Well, I like, live in the tree a little bit. So, like, I live in Oakley and Yonkin Brown. I live right up the street. So it's like. I'm like in between. <coughs> like if I go down one street, I'm in Antioch. If I go down another street, I'm in Brentwood. You can definitely tell how it, how the cities are based on going one street. Exactly. And it's just like I live in Antioch, and like I go to Brentwood like all the time, and I just see like how different it is and everything. Where it's just like, like it feels very, very stuck up over there and everything. It's just like, like shit. I'll be very honest, like. I've gotten pulled over in Brentwood for having my phone in my hand on speakerphone talking to someone. And I got a ticket for that shit and everything. It's like, I didn't have a uh, hands-free device or anything like that. And it's like, oh, 
you're paying attention to your phone. And it's like, no, how, how can you say that? Because I was at the stoplight, and as soon as it turned green, I started edging out. And I got a ticket. I was able to get it contested in court and everything. But you still got a ticket for, like, the, the dumbest reason possible and everything. If I was texting, that would be a bit more understandable and everything. But, like, hand on the wheel, phone, like, down here and everything. I'm not even looking at it. I'm just talking. I got a warning ticket for that. Yeah, warning. Supposedly, I made a California stop. And my phone was like this. And then he was like, well, <coughs> let me come back. Because like, I started crying. He was like, this is the first time I get pulled over. And then he was like, okay, okay, let me come back. And then I guess he comes back and he's like, all right, we're going to make a deal. Do you want a ticket or do you want a warning ticket that's not even like go on your record and stuff? Which one do you want? I was like, of course the warning ticket. Right. And he's like, like, okay. Ooh, let me pay my, let me pay. $600 for a truck parking ticket. But the thing is, like, you know that corner when you go to my house? Have you been to my house? Yeah. Yeah, that ending road, he was hiding right there. And you know that stop when you get out to go up the hill? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was the stop that I had missed. So he pulled me over, like, right outside my house. I was like, what? Awesome. I don't like, they always hide there, though. That's what I don't like about it. See, being, being black in Brentwood, it's such a, it's such, like, they can be it's racist very at inter- times, too. But see, for me, I don't know why. It's the fact that maybe, maybe it's because I'm black. Mm-hmm. Maybe because my first name is William, and my last name is Thompson. So you have like a very weird combination of mine. But anytime I get pulled over by the cops and they see my face and then they hear how I talk and then they see my driver's license, I get probably like the most taken care of police officers every single time. So I've always gotten assholes when, like, I whenever I get the, pulled over. I got the nicest people like. It, it's really in Pittsburgh, in, uh, in Berlin and Pittsburgh, I got pulled over between these two um, cities like about three times. And every single one, they pulled me over, they asked for my ID, and I'm scrambling for my ID, and I do all my precautions. I put my hands up, I put my hand out the window, and I'm saying, hey, I'm reaching my glove compartment. The moment they start seeing these signs on me, they immediately back up, and then they're like, oh, just go ahead and go off. So I end up like not getting a ticket. I've never got I never got a ticket. I never got a ticket. I never got my car towed. I never got any traffic misdemeanor. But somehow I'm the most reckless driver out there. Yeah. Not to, not to roast or anything like that. But, <laughs> I, but how many cars have you gone through now? Huh? Uh, how many cars? Yeah. Oh, I've been through. This is my second car. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's not it's not as bad. Yesterday though. You know that one back road when you go out of, like, Dozier Libby? Yes. And you go towards, like, going to uh, Deer Valley? Yeah. Okay, so I was going behind that road, and then you, like, go all the way behind, you hit that park, and then you go down another road to go down yeah. to Hillcrest? There was a car that was swerving at full, like, I want to say 80 to 100 miles per hour in that 125 lane. Okay, he was swerving from this one lane to the other lane. And I got like, I got a panic attack. So I'm like, no, fuck this. This guy's gonna hit me. So I'm gonna stop to the side. And he was so close to hitting me. Like, he just missed my car by a little bit, even if I stopped. I was like, this guy would have, like, legit killed me or crashed me or whatever. When I was driving to Vallejo one day, I was driving, and there's like this big, there's like this big, like, freaking super truck driving. And I'm going, all right, I'm a fast driver. 
Mm-hmm. Like, on an average, if I'm on the freeway, I'm clocking in about 80 to 90. This man is overtaking me. And he has a huge-ass truck. And he's almost about to run me off the road. And I look over... And I'm like, okay, so it's like a it's like a big ass redneck. Like this this dude probably probably for you know who. I say who. And he probably is very, very He voted for Palpatine. Obviously. <laughs> like this dude probably sits probably sits back, probably uh probably drinks a Lone Star and probably screams and howls at the moon. Shout like, out Lone Star. But it's like I look over and I look at and I look at his um I look at his license plate, and guess what I see? I see this motherfucker who lives in Nebraska. So, I'm just like, why is somebody from a different state trying to run me off the road, and you're in California, and you have, like, the worst driving experience ever? Makes no sense. Because usually he drives around in a tractor. So he's usually usually pushing it down, like, pedal to the metal. I remember that one country song that I heard, like, my, um, when I worked at Lowe's, I have a very uh, redneck, uh, I had a very redneck manager named Melissa, and she loved country. And she and she plays this song that like probably the most country song ever, and it was it was so bad that I ended up loving it. Guess what the song's called? Please tell me it's God's country. No. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Yo. <laughs> 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 As being the one white person here that that does like country, I know that song. It's so, by Kenny Chesney. Oh my god. It was so She bad, thinks my so, tractor's sexy. Oh my god. It was so it was so bad, but it was so freaking funny. And I ended up like, like laughing and going. I ended up downloading it on my phone. See man, it's I don't like, even like I don't even like country. Th- this will be the one story I tell about Costco today. But um I used to have a coworker that uh that like one time this uh why am I blanking on like what the uh band is called? Like uh this one song came on, um it was uh why am I blanking on the song now? I don't even I don't even know. Like this one song came on, like it a super white song. He 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 was black. Um I, I, I say was because he, I don't work with him anymore. What? He he, he quit. Okay. He, he quit to become a security guard. I don't know why he stopped being black. <laughs> no, like, like I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, was as in, like, we used to work together. Like, so, like, uh, he ended up asking me to get this song. Um, and it's going to bother me that I don't know the song. I'm going to slowly look this song up, like, as I'm telling the story. So, um, what's it called? Uh, he, uh, he asked me to get the song and everything. And he asked me to play it because he didn't want to ruin any of his uh, cred as a black man. He was like, man, I love this song, but people can't know I'm whitewashed. So, like, you need to get this song. That way, it makes me look good, and it makes it look like I'm still black. And I was just like, what? Like, what what is your logic, man? Like, it was just a... it was just kind of weird. I was like, okay, I, I guess I can get it. But it was just, it was just that awkward moment where it's just like, what? I mean, why, why, why do you have to, why do you have to make me do your so-called dirty work? 
Well, there's like. Well, there's like a big, uh, there's a big stereotype when it comes to like, like black folk, like in country. It's not even country. That's the thing. Whatever song it was. Um, God, why am I not finding it? I know it's in this playlist. Um, God, this is gonna bother me until I find it. God, why can't I find it? Oh, this is bothering me. But, um, for me, uh, number one, it would go to rock. Rock, okay. Like, rock alternative and everything, because, like, legit, for the past, like, four years, my favorite band has been Panic at the Disco, which used to be a straight-up emo band. Now it's just alternative rock and everything, and I love it. It's definitely in my top five. Um... After that, I'd say uh, country. After that, rap. Then it kind of gets a little hazy and everything, because, like, <coughs> like, I've started listening to, like, other like other genres of music and everything. Like, I started listening to uh, a little bit of J-pop and all that kind of stuff and everything. It's like, I do like it. Like, like essentially all the songs I get are from My Hero Academia. So it's like, I rock out to that shit. <laughs> and, like, whenever I do see, like, a good anime movie with uh, Alex or whatever, like, I will find, like, certain songs and everything. So it's, like, it's always fun listening to uh, J-pop and everything. Especially since, like, I'm trying to start learning Japanese and all that. So it's, like, listening to the music or listening to, uh, well, listening and watching anime with, like, subtitles on and everything... It's a nice way to be able to, like, start understanding some of the, uh, the language and everything. So it's, like, makes it a bit easier. And after that, uh, man, I don't even know, man. Like, pop has its moments, but it's, like, pop is kind of dead right now. Like, it's kind of dead to me also. But, like, I, I don't even know. The way I see pop is more, like... I feel like it's like that default music that you're kind of forced into listening to when you're younger, and you don't really know how to, like, get out of it, in a sense, so you're just kind of, like, just stuck in it now. Yeah. It's more like you're, like, in, like, a giant cycle of, like, just pop madness. Not, definitely not a good, not my favorite genre. For me, it goes hip-hop, um, then it goes R&B. Then it goes, uh, then it goes rock, and then I only like listening to like chill vibe music. Like I would say, like more like jazz. And then I go classical. I love classical. 
you know I've been listening to the shit out of like movie movie scores and all that kind of stuff like like, like movie scores I think really good yeah like uh I've been listening to uh like stuff from like Marvel movies and everything like like have you heard like some of the some of the tracks that are in um like Avengers Endgame like the one, the one just titled "Portals," that's fire. Because uh, like you can just see the scene like play out in your head just from listening to it. Not even that. Like one score I would like, like well, not score, but like the soundtrack I was, I loved was from the Wolf on Wall Street. Wolf on Wall Street soundtrack was amazing. Like, I felt like I was Leonardo DiCaprio when I was listening to the classical music, like. Beethoven and stuff like that. Like that's always good. Always, it's super common. I don't know why. I don't know why people like not on clap music. I don't even get the shit sometimes. All right, what about you, Arai? Let's hear your music choices. Things. It's a mix of everything, but right now I think like oldies, like Janis Joplin, The Beatles. Mm. Frank Sinatra? Mm-hmm. No, I listen to the shit out of Frankie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, because I have a record player now, so like I've been into like going to. Have you been to RPM Records in Brentwood? I heard about it, but I haven't went. I don't, I don't have a lot, lot of, of like old records. Record player, that was really interesting. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I just like turn it on when I go to sleep. I feel like I'd want to put on like like a short sleeve, like a short sleeve polo tee and have some suspenders and some pants and I just like to start jamming out. One of these days I want to dress like back in the day, like I don't know which decade, but like back in the day. Like were you there for Bull Bolton? (coughs) I'm sorry, I I finally found the song. (laughs) (laughs) So now, now you'll finally know the song. Over my head, cable car by the fray. By the fray, what genre? That would be a uh, kind of like a poppy rock. It's from two thousand five. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's why, he, that's why he said that. Yeah, no, but no one wants to own up that they love two thousand two thousand alternative rock in twenty twenty. Something like I have the song on my. Let like, me I walk just, up to somebody and say, I, "I still listen to Lincoln Park. I will get roasted on immediately." I mean, like Lincoln Park got that bad, man. Like they they gave the, they gave Transformers two songs. Transformers. <laughs> man, really? man, the first two movies with Shia LaBeouf. Let's be oh, real. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there three movies with Shia LaBeouf. I, I, I said the first two. You don't like eight? Uh, you didn't like that? I was like eight to Ultron. Uh, Bro. They got rid of they got rid of bro. They got rid of Ironhide, man. They killed off Ironhide. But they got rid of Ironhide, man. Like you can't, you don't get rid of Ironhide. Bro, he was like, he was like a Dodge truck or whatever he was, man. Like he was badass. Then they replaced him with John Goodman. Wait, no, they replaced him with Mark Wahlberg. Wait, no, we were replacing Shia with Mark Wahlberg, right? No, I'm no, I'm talking about replacing. Ironhide as like the weapons expert with John Goodman's pickup truck or whatever the hell he was. Man, I've I've always seen. Oh, I've o- 
Oh. See, now you, now you remember, because, like, I've only seen that, uh, the Mark Wahlberg movie once. And I was like... The Mark Wahlberg movie, it was okay. I was like, eh, this isn't bad, but it's like, Mark Wahlberg, like... I like Mark Wahlberg in some movies, but it's like... Like, you go the Mark he Wahlberg route... Like, you go the Mark Wahlberg route when you want a movie, se- like, series or franchise to die. That's a sad thing. No, I don't, I don't agree with that one. Bro, w- what was the last Transformers movie you saw? Uh, the new one. And did you like it? I didn't enjoy it, though. Because, and you liked The Last Jedi. <laughs> hey, hold on, wait a minute. Don't disrespect The Last Jedi. But hold on, the reason why I like Transformers movies is because they're so bad, it's... See, you go to Transformers movies to watch the action. But when you... Would you say that it's... We're talking about Mark Wahlberg. It's because we're focusing too much on the people, and we're not going to be talking about the war between Autobahn and the Decepticon. First off, if anybody watches... Okay, okay, we're about to get into another... Into another debate. Well, like, you set me off. No, you started it. Now, you started it. We'll, 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 we'll put a pin in this and we'll save it, okay? We'll save it to prove that Shia LaBeouf is far superior, which is the truth. And we'll talk about why like why people go to see time, Transformers movies. You know, the one time that people either gave a, gave, a, gave a damn about the human character in a Transformers movie. Anybody after that? I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Anyway, Omar, dude. what do you think about the Transformers movies? <laughs> God damn it! I stopped watching after Mark Wahlberg one. Thank you. Wait, did I did stop watching after the Mark Wahlberg one. I kept watching. I was like, how, I was like, how worse can this can this franchise get? <laughs> this will be the final Transformers question. Did you see Bumblebee? I did. I liked it because they they brought they brought back the nineties. Oh, the, the 90s I thought, it, of I, Transformers. Thought, I thought it took place in the 80s. Well, Bumblebee. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to get smart But Oh, I'm dying. But I love how they just brought back like the classic character, like the classic character uh, models. Instead of having like this like whole sharp edge version of Transformers. Like, yeah. Like, wash, like Someone wants to see a car, fuck up an airplane. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? <laughs> see, I'm just, I'm just trying to like lead into my next topic right now. <laughs> so, Omar, correct me if I'm wrong, but you once told me that you were nationally ranked for Mortal Kombat, correct? I was on like top 100 leaderboards for. Like a little bit. Oh, and you were maining Ermac. I was playing a few characters when I was playing Mortal Kombat. But I, I remember Ermac the most because that was one of the characters that you, that was just completely broken. And I think the most I had ever hit you in a fight was maybe like twice. I I'd, I'd hit you once. I'd be like, I retire. <laughs> Then I just get my ass beat after that and everything. And it's just like, like, do I, do I blame the way I played? Kinda, because, you know, I didn't want to learn how to play because, like, 
I, I feel like you kind of know where I'm going to go with this and everything, but you're an Xbox user. I'm a PlayStation user, bro. Like, like, like. He's saying if you get no respect in this household. I mean, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. It's like, like I do not like Xbox or anything like that. The best thing to come from Xbox, well, best two things to come from Xbox were uh, Left 4 Dead and Halo. After that and everything, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm PlayStation all the way. I don't give a shit. We have the best exclusives. But it, but it's like, uh, like you destroyed everyone. The only person that was actually able to like get like a decent fight against you was Quan, and that's just because like Quan could see past the hatred between Xbox and PlayStation users. <laughs> He was that special of a person. I say was as if he was as if he just died or something like that. Respect living, as he will to death. But like, uh, like, just everything was just like so crazy, just playing against you and everything. Because it's like, like, it's like, like for for us theater kids and everything, it was like playing against Austin. In Super Smash Brothers, oh, yeah. you know you're gonna lose. You, you're just like you, you just kind of want to be along for the ride. Yet with Austin, I'm able to like I'm able to do better. Austin, I've beaten before. He he says that it doesn't count because he wasn't paying attention. But you always pay attention in Super Smash Brothers. I've never got a win against this guy. <laughs> I feel like if we were to go to my house and pick up the sticks and play Mortal Kombat 11. Like, and I've been playing that game. Like, I've been playing the shit out of the game. Like, I told Will this before we even started the, the podcast. I've been maining Sub-Zero, Johnny Cage, and, uh, who the hell did I say? Liu Kang. And Liu Kang. I know that if I played you, I'd still lose. If, if we were talking about playing Super Smash Brothers, oh, I'd wipe the floor with you. I would. Like, like... I feel bad about it for like a minute, then I'd stop caring, because I'd start thinking about Mortal Kombat. But as soon as it gets to Mortal Kombat and everything, I'm gonna be like, like I don't even care. Like I might get like maybe five hits against you this time, but at this point, I'll I'll just be like, man, I'm gonna just push, I'll just put this controller down, and I'm gonna just watch this massacre happen because it's coming. Like I don't, I don't care. Like I know it's coming. So what he's saying is, you're absolutely dog shit, horrible <laughs> at Mortal Kombat. You are absolutely horrible. <coughs> you're pretty good. See, man, like that's where that's where I'm just gonna like get a, uh, a a software or something like that, and just like have it go over you when you were saying Mortal Kombat. It's gonna be like, you are so dog shit at. Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> it would just be something like that. And just and just everyone that listens to it and everything just should be like, you know, I kind of respect that. Like, that's funny. But it's like, dude. But yeah, just like, uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't really know where to go from here, man. Like, I, I've talked about my shortcomings in video games a bit. Um, well, tell us well, more about your... There, um... there is one thing. 
that we're going to focus on Will for a split second. Because in the last two podcasts, I have mentioned that everyone went to uh, KC and Omar for, for you to know. Uh, KC for like theater students and everything. It's the Kennedy Center Honors for like uh, acting and everything. And our boy Will here was nominated and he went to KC and he and his partner James made it to the finals which no one at LMC has ever done so I congratulate you in person thank you and I wanted to know what your monologue was because I know you can't do your scene because your scene partner isn't here you can definitely tell us your scene Mm -hmm. but I know you can't do your scene because there's no one else here that knows it and it won't be as impactful as if James was here but what what was your scene and then what is your like what was like a uh, a general description of the scene and then what was your monologue and if you'd be so graceful gracious would you be able to do your monologue for us do you want me to be my character yeah. is that what you're asking me mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to see your character development and see how you have grown, yes. <laughs> Alright, do so... It, do it for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... For... Okay. So for my monologue, we did this... We did this... The ending scene of Top Dog Underdog by Susan Lori Parks. Okay. And so, for people who don't know about... Uh, for people who don't know about Top Dog Underdog, I just... Uh, at this point, I just killed my best friend who was my brother. Well, I thought that they were brothers in the show. They were brothers? Yeah, they, they were brothers. Yeah, it was oh, it was Lincoln and Booth. See, this is what happens. See, the, the, this is what happens when... I, I, I know the show. Yeah, so see, this is what happens when your professor tells you, do a, do a scene and just give you a side of the, of the um, of Top Dog Underdog, and I didn't get an opportunity, unfortunately, to read... Uh, the entire play, but he told me he I shot my friend who would like my friend, and so I shot. Uh, and so, so I assume that you played Booth. Yes, I played Booth. So, just because I'm a history major and I and I love this shit, the the great th- like the amazing thing about this scene. I'm sorry to steal the spotlight from you, but um, both characters are named Lincoln and Booth. Booth shoots Lincoln in the back of the head. And who do we know did that in history? John Wilkes Booth to Abraham Lincoln. So it's a nice little correlation there and everything. And what does it happen during? A play. That, that's how I correlated it and everything when I first read it. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm a history major. This is so cool. No, if Top Dog Underdog, the entire play is... How do you know you didn't read it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ruining hear, the moment. From what I hear, it is phenomenal. It is? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Get into your character. Go ahead. Uh, no, and so, but before I do, I'm going to tell you about my other, my other uh, scene. It was from, it was from this place, it was from this play called Eating Monster Machine. Pretty much... I'm what I'm supposed to be the slovenly. Uh, I'm supposed to be like the slovenly kid who doesn't know how to eat. And my partner, uh, he he's just like so disgusted and so like like petrified of like how I'm eating. Like I'm just eating like uh, 
like some lady at a barbecue with my mouth open, like disgusting. And we're just having a whole argument about that. And then we jump into this play called Ruin by Lynn Nottage. And in this scene, and in this interaction, this uh, we I play this person. I play this person named uh, Simone, and my partner he played this character named Fortune. And we are and we are um, sorry. We're so and what's called we're soldiers in the Congo, and my. And my partner, he's trying to find his wife who got kid uh, who got kidnapped and was supposedly killed back when, uh, like way back when. And so we're just having this big old argument. And then towards the end of the argument, that's where I cut into Top Dog Underdog. And so the monologue went like this. Think you could take my shit? My shit, that shit was mine. I kept it, I saved it, all this while. Through thick and through thin. Through fucking thick and through fucking thin, motherfucker. You think you just come up here and mock my shit and call me too left-handed talking about like she could have been jiving me? And you stole from me? My inheritance. That was my inheritance, man. That ain't right. That ain't right and you know it. You had your own, and you blew it. You blew it, motherfucker. I saved mine, and you blew yours. Thank you all that, and you blew your shit. And I saved mine. And then that was a monologue. Man, I remember reading that scene for Nick, like for Nick's class and everything. And it was like, like I, I just remember like. It all comes flooding back and everything. It's just like, I remember that shit. And it's just like, wow. Like, congrats to you again. Because, like, that that's a huge honor. And, unfortunately, you guys didn't win. But you made, ev- like, you made everyone proud of what you guys were able to accomplish. You know, like, looking back at the whole experience, it was... It was such a breathtaking moment, and it really helped because of like how how the Kennedy Center kind of treated us. Because like when we when we first got on, it was like like it really did feel like a tournament arc in an anime. Like I shit you not. Like when we walk in there and we see like all of our competitors on like the first night, and like we see like all the people who are like participating and stuff like that. And then we start acting, and the next thing you know, like, everybody's demeanors, like, change. Like, everybody just got super serious. Everybody was, like, super into their stuff. And when we, like, sat back and we, like, first saw it was the semifinals, we were thinking, like, oh, okay, this is far we goes. We're just a bunch of, like, uh, freshly, uh, some fresh kids on the block who just got into KC by magic. And when we go and perform the second time, Everybody tried. Everybody's moods diff- definitely changed because, like, people started to, like to look at us like differently. Like, every, like, like we felt as if like we were like local celebrities. Like when someone like when you start like the show, like put your all into it. If everybody like everybody around you grab like it starts. It was definitely polarizing, 
to say the least. Because like I was kind of like I've never been in a position where I've been like the top of the group, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when we go in there, we perform the second time. I have, I feel like I have like all these expectations on me. I feel like I have like this weight on me because like I don't want to be, I don't want to be the kid that's like that only makes it here. But at the same time, I'm already thinking that. So when we go and perform, like I'm shaky, like I'm all clammy, and I and I didn't, and like my my anxiety was at like a, like a 15. Mm-hmm. And so when we're going performing, I just end up just giving it out my. Own. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna give it, I give my all into it, and then like the entire day, I was like, I was like, I'll say to my friend, like, guys, I, like, I think this this might be it. I think this might be it. I think like this is as far as we go. And I get the notification, and make it to the finals. Like, my heart sank. Like, my heart sank. My tears were in my eyes. It was such like an amazing experience. And even as getting to the finals, it was. Definitely like a blessing, and it was overall a great experience. And I have to give props to everybody who went, everybody that came, everybody that participated with us. You guys kicked so much ass, and I'm so proud to meet with you guys and work with you guys. So if you're hearing this, hit me up. My name is Bootstrap Bill on Instagram. If you want to collaborate, I'm more than welcome to do that. Sorry, shameless plug. <laughs> Man, that was about to be a wholesome moment that we can finish out on. But now we've got to move on to Arai, just see if she can pick this up for us. Because we we heard about Omar, the the once nationally ranked top 100 MK player, moved on to Injustice, kicked ass in that, then moved back to MK. I don't know where he's at right now. I know he said something about playing Dragon Ball Fighters, but, you know. Oh my God, bro! Hola. Uh, we we also heard from uh from KC finalist Lil Thompson. I think I heard enough of me. Man, we heard too much, bro. Uh, just enough, just enough. Nah, it was too much. Bro, we almost started like three debates. Let's be real. And they were all entertaining. <coughs> and now Arai. What would you say that you're trying to uh, accomplish for yourself to make, like, what what's a common goal that you have that you're trying to accomplish and make? Like, what's a uh, a goal that you have and everything that you want to set for yourself or anything like that? Like, whether it's to uh, like possibly get to KC. Whether it's to uh, become number one, nationally ranked for Mortal Kombat, whether it's to beat Austin at Super Smash Brothers and make it make it so that he doesn't see These say that. Very weird goal plan. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm just trying to compare with everyone else, man. But uh, like, what is it that you would like to do for yourself to like? Accomplish something that you felt like maybe wasn't in the ropes for you, like maybe five years ago, but you're there now. I, I, I'm I'm just butchering this at this point. S- oh. Save me. Well, my first goal is to heal my first le- my left leg. <laughs> it's also to 
Work on my projection. <laughs> um, no, I would have to say one of my goals is um, definitely um, finally choosing the college I want to go to because I'm between. Definitely, I'd have to say Idaho went down to like my third option. Colorado is like my second, but on my top right now is Nevada, Reno, Reno Nevada. Yeah. Okay, I know a couple people that went there. Yeah, one of them uh, broke my buddy's hearts. Why? Oh, that's I, a very I, somber thing to say. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I, ruining the moment. <laughs> but uh, you'd definitely be going for theater. Uh, yeah. Uh, any other ideas of what you want to well, do, or is it just theater? I want my BA or BFA. So, Bachelor's of Fine Arts, and then I want it in technical theater as well. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to get an MFA like Nick? If I can, yes. If I can, like, shoot higher than that, yes. Of course, I would. Um, then I'm planning to hopefully... Oh, don't worry. I'm just taking out my bomb. <laughs> going, <laughs> back, <laughs> going back to singing and all that. Um, church and... Nice. Oh, I'll give my pipe right now. Finally. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Bro, I have bronchitis. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and finally getting, um, making a decision whether I want to, like, do the YouTube video. I was going to continue to do, like, stuff like that. Nice. Putting content out there, because David wants to hear me sing. I've been, I've been saying this since day one, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, I can sing. I was like, then do it. And she's like, uh... No. And I was like, why not? And she's like, uh, The only person I've no. singed in front of was Nick. Really? Yeah. Bro, I sing all the time, and I sing like shit. Like, like, give me a break, bro. Unless it comes to Frank Sinatra, then I'll murder that shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, um, the way I usually finish this podcast and everything is... I'll end it with like a Disney quote or anything or something like that. But before 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 I do that, I actually have a recommendation. Um, we're at Barnes and Noble, so of course I'm gonna recommend a book. And this is like this, like when I first read this book, I I recommended it to a lot of other people, and I got it for people for like birthdays or Christmas or whatever. Right. And it's actually something that I want to. Uh, end up creating like a uh, a film about and everything this book is called The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek and it's by Rhett McLaughlin and Link Neal and if you watch YouTube or of course everyone watches YouTube but um, if you ever watch this show called Good Mythical Morning mm -hmm. this is Rhett and Link of Good Mythical Morning mm -hmm. and they wrote this book where it's like they have fictionalized versions of themselves named Rex and Leif and they have to save one of, they have to save their best friend who was taken by this uh, by these guys that work at a reform school and she ends up like a, like there's this whole like mystical thing that happens at this reform school and they have to try and find out what's happening at the school. They have to try and break their friend out and everything. And they're trying to find out, like, what is going on in the town. And it's like, it's like a mixture of a Hardy Boys novel 
and with like a little splash of Stephen King. And I personally love this book, and everyone I've recommended it to has loved the book. And as I said, I want to actually make a version of this into a film and release it and possibly even like send it over to uh Rhett and Link and everything as like a fan as like a fan driven thing and I know some people I'd like to cast in it and three of those people are at this table as well so when I do ultimately get a camera which should be soon as soon as my tax refund goes in <laughs> um, I hope to uh, begin like principal photography or or something like that and everything and and I'd like to be able to uh, film this and everything because like there's so there's so much that happens in this and everything like I have a cast lined up no no one knows who I have in it like who I have like that I want to be in it Are but the people that are on your cast list at this table uh, except for this man named William who doesn't pay attention. Oh, yes. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. Well, recast. <laughs> oh well. <clears throat> no, but um, this is like this is honestly like one of the biggest passion projects I've had in a while that I just love so much, and I was looking to purchase two more copies. That way I could give one to each of you. But Barnes & Noble didn't have two copies. They had one copy. But they're just like, oh, we can't find it. So I'm just like, damn, bro. Someone came in and swiped it before I could? Son of a bitch. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I will definitely leave this book with one of you to have if you want it. But other, other than that and everything, like, I will definitely, like, either get printouts of the book and everything because I have the book on my phone for Kindle okay. and everything. So it's like I can get, like, copies like that or anything like that. But I, I just love the, the the feel of a book. I like books. Like, uh, you know, in fact, I will read, I'll, I'll read, like, the, uh, the little description of it of the book in the uh, like inside the cover and everything just so that everyone kind of has a view of it you never know what you'll find when all is lost from the creators of Good Mythical Morning a thrilling and darkly funny novel about two best friends fighting the sinister forces at the heart of their southern town it's 1992 in Bleak Creek North Carolina a sleepy little place with all the trappings of an ordinary southern town. Two Baptist churches, friendly smiles coupled with silent judgments, and an unquenchable appetite for pork products. Beneath the town's cheerful facade, however, Bleak Creek teens live in constant fear of being sent to the Whitewood School, a local reformatory with the history of putting unruly youths back on the straight and narrow, a record so impeccable that almost everyone is willing to ignore the suspicious deaths that have occurred there over the past decade. At first, high school freshmen Rex McClendon and Leif Nelson believe what they've been told, that the students' strange demises were all just tragic accidents, 
unfortunate consequences succumbing to vices like Marlboro Lights and Nirvana. But when the shoot, but when the shoot for their low-budget low horror masterpiece, Poulter Dog, goes horribly awry, and their best friend Alicia Boykins is sent to Whitewood as punishment, Rex and Leif are forced to question everything that they know about their unassuming hometown and its cherished school for delinquents. Eager to rescue their friend, Rex and Leif pair up with recent NYU school graduate Janine Blitstein to begin piecing together the unsettling truth of the school and its mysterious founder, Wayne Whitewood. What they find will leave them battling an evil beyond their wildest imaginations, one that will shake Bleak Creek to its core. So yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. <laughs> sure. You recommended a book to a college student, all right, buddy? Man, ironic, it's isn't it? It's a beautiful <laughs> idea, but right now... I'll read it, though. I will definitely read it. But yeah, just like, it's such a, a good novel, and I, I was able to finish it in, like, a day. It's only 324 pages... So, very easily manageable. And it's just such a a good read, in my opinion, honestly. Like, when I was going through it and everything, like, I, I've read it, like, three times now. I just pick and choose, like, who I see people as and everything. I'm just like, okay, oh, shit, okay, oh, oh. But with that and everything, it's just, like, it's just so great to finally have, like, a passion project again and everything. And I hope that when you all do get an offer and everything, I hope that you will accept it. Otherwise, you are dead to me. So when I the stakes are I, high. So when I tell you I declined this role at this... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Then you will never be able to debate on this podcast again. Oh. <laughs> I really See, want this role. I really, really want... See, I struck a nerve. <laughs> I love but that, um, please. before we go, uh, let's just go around the table and uh, and let's say what we're thankful for. No, I'm just kidding. This ain't Thanksgiving. Uh, let's just all say what our uh, favorite Disney movie is. So uh, I'll start with uh, my favorite animated Disney movie is Aladdin, followed by Tangled. Then Treasure Planet. Mm, that's a very underrated movie right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I gave three. And then uh, my favorite live action. You know what I'm going to say? No, I'm just <laughs> No, The Lion King was hot shit. Um, honestly, Jungle Book, or Aladdin. Jungle Book was fire. Mm, but honestly, Aladdin. no, Aladdin wasn't good. Yeah, no. I like that. I enjoy a lot. Will Smith. Jafar? Will Smith. Oh, gosh. But Jafar, though? Bro, Jafar was sexy, bro. Did you see his bottom (laughs) teeth? He was horrible. Bro, it was sexy Jafar. That's what he was called. That's his meme. But, um, Jungle Book was good. But honestly, this movie is from 2007. It's called Enchanted. It was live. Oh, it was live action. I know what you. It was live I action, it. and it also has like some animation yeah, in yeah. it. That's a good ass movie. Like I, I do appreciate that movie. Uh, Omar. 
My favorite Disney movie was the animated Aladdin. Great minds think alike, you know. <laughs> Robert Williams, boy. <laughs> But for the sake of the friendship, please don't say it. I was going to say I called it. Because <laughs> everyone says Lion King, man. Like, like this is... Fine. We, we, can, we can definitely debate this another time. But I, I've said this on the podcast before. Lion King, in my opinion, it's a great movie. But it's overrated. One could say one could say the same thing about Aladdin. One could one could say the same thing about like every movie, like every Disney movie in in like the uh, the Disney Renaissance, starting from Little Mermaid, going all the way up to uh, Tarzan. Well, let's everyone could say the same thing. Well, first of oh, all, man, we talk I, about I, I, I've overrated I've, real fast. I even left off a movie. Every Disney movie is overrated. Like let everyone keep it a buck. We're gonna keep it a thousand. Every Disney movie has been a except for, except for three, except for three that I accidentally left off. Well, one one I didn't leave off, which was Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. But the most underrated Disney movies, there's, there's one Disney movie that I'd say is the funniest Disney movie that has ever been made, okay. even funnier than a lot. And like I love Rob Williams. Okay, which is so. So for me, it would go with this like for underrated Disney movies, like being the top. Number three would be Atlantis. Mm, number yeah. number two would be Treasure Planet. Number one, bro, The Emperor's New Groove. That movie is fucking hilarious, man. That's not a real waterfall? Are going to go over it? Bro, it crunk. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Crunk. Pull the lever, crunk. Run the lever. No, but that's also been overhyped slightly. It's been only in recent years, though. That's yeah. it. When it first came out oh. and everything, like, that movie got nothing, man. Like, it got slightly, like, it slightly made its budget back plus a little bit. But it, it's an underrated film, honestly. And now, last but certainly not least, Arai. Um, I have to story. say The Hunchback of Northern Dam. Ooh! That's a, oh, that's a sleeper. That is a good one. That's a sleeper. That's such a good one. The Hellfire score? Bruh! Oh, my. Well, to keep Hellfire. it. Fire! Dark fire! Oh, God! But, uh, to end out this podcast and everything, because this is Disney, it may not be May 4th, but everyone, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Always. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you always.